With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi everyone, this is Christiana and Rochelle with DPW Talks. The D stands for discipline, the P stands for purpose, and the W stands for wisdom. I am so glad to be back doing this talk show with you. We took a couple of weeks off after our major event, that fashion show and and style show and the ministry and business expo. We had such an awesome time, such a blessed time. We made some wonderful business and ministry contacts, and um, you all will hear more about that at another time, but we needed to take a break. We were so tired. You know, whenever you do a huge event afterwards, you need a rest period, a time to rest and reflect and just thank God for what happened and learn for the next time. And so we took a couple of weeks of a break, but we are back, and we are back with a bang. This week we are talking about faith and honor. So I'm going to give it to Rochelle. Hey, Rochelle, how's it going? Well, it's going great and blessed. And, yes, we're talking about faith and honor. You know, of course, when we say faith, we automatically mean the word of God, trusting God's word. Um, Well, honor, it shows up many times throughout the Bible. And my Christiana just said over 140 times, okay, in the Bible. And it's something that you don't hear a lot about in the United States of America. You might hear it more in Eastern countries by far than you do here. Um, But it's something that in the Bible is very important. It was something that was very special to bestow upon people because of what they did who they were, how they did business. You know, um, honors were usually given to people who impressed the people around them to such a degree that they wanted to give them something. They wanted to acknowledge their worth, their you know, their value and importance um, to a group of people or an area or a particular situation. Um And the Bible tells us that we should honor our mother and father. It's one of the first times you hear the word honor. Um, And today we have a situation where a lot of times you don't see a lot of honor um, among people. Uh, Most people, I would venture to say, don't even understand the definition of the word honor. Um, And I would venture to say, that from what I can draw from, honor has to do with having what you have done acknowledged as being valuable and being thanked in a very big way for what you did, being accepted as a person who produces things of value or being a, as being a person of value, 
um, parents are people of value. Okay, I'll stick with this one. There are other verses I can go to, but I'm going to stick with this one for right now. Parents are people of value. Face it. If it wasn't for parents, you wouldn't be here. Nobody would be here except for maybe Adam and Eve. And nope, God's their parents, so they wouldn't be here either. Okay? <laughs> um, and honor is just, it's something that you do to a person who is important to you. You know? A parent should be somebody who's important, not just because they have the title, but because without them you would not exist, um, because, whether or not they earn it. You honor the title. You honor the position. Um, sometimes we honor them by what we don't do as much as by what we do do. Sometimes it's in what we say. Um, sometimes it's in how you address the person. Um, You can walk up to a person in power or somebody who's very important and not use their title. That is not considered to be honorable in most cases. You should honor by acknowledging by the title that they've been given because they're doing the work. So for those of you who have parents and one of them may not have been your birth parent, you call that person maybe by a parental title because they do the work, you know? Well, God is our Heavenly Father, and we know that he does the work every day. Um, And therefore, he's worthy to be honored. Uh, And we honor him by acknowledging that he's our creator, that there is no one and nothing greater than him, and to do Any less than that is to not honor him, to not show him honor. Um, And because we acknowledge that title, because we acknowledge what he's done for us, that's why we choose to do what he told us to do, because we honor his title. We honor who he is. We honor where he came, you know, where he came from. Let's be honestly truthful. God exists because he chooses to exist. Okay, he is the essence of all things and the source of all living. Everything that lives, everything that no longer lives first was created by him. So everything is his. And we honor him by acknowledging that, by saying, yes, that is true. You know, um, when we deal with older people, You say Mr. or Miss or Mrs. or Sir or Elder or Madam. Those are titles of honor, okay? They're ways to show honor. If you say President or Vice President or um, Madam whoever or Duke whoever, (laughs) if you are into royalty, Queen whoever, King whoever, you are showing honor to the title of that person's position, okay? Um, When you say mom, when you say dad, you're honoring their position, okay? You're acknowledging that they are who they are and they're doing the job. For those who don't do the job, 
you can choose to say the title in acknowledgement that they have the title, whether or not they do the job. But usually honor is accompanied by an acknowledgement of the fact that that person is valuable. By some means, they are valuable. Sometimes just by a person holding a position, that is valuable. People have been placed in positions just as placeholders sometimes, just to make sure that you have the space to get through when you need to. You know, it's like a person standing in a doorway and holding it open. They're not the door. They're not the here nor the there, but they're in between and they're holding it open. Therefore, you say thank you if they're holding the door open. That is acknowledging the fact that they've done something. Thank you. Okay. Um, In some cases, it refers to um, acknowledging the fact that what a person has done or what's been done is fair, just right, the right thing to do. You know, um, and when you acknowledge that, you say, okay, this decision was honorable. This particular judgment was honorable. This particular choice was an honorable one. If it is something that's done that doesn't hurt somebody else or cause destruction or do something that causes something that's bad, it was honorable. If it's fair and just, it's honorable. Um, and uh, I had a discussion with someone not too long ago, and their basic idea is what is right and wrong? How is right and wrong determined? Who really says what's right from what's wrong? Well, basically right and wrong has been determined a long time ago by the Bible, by God. He lets us know in our spirits even what's right from what's wrong a lot of times. Um, If something hurts you, that's not really a good thing, especially if it keeps hurting you and it's not doing you any good. It's not good. Um, If something hurts someone else and it's going to kill them and it's not helping anyone. When I say helping, I mean causing somebody else to have food, causing someone else to have clothing, causing someone else to be acknowledged and protected. If it's not causing anything good, if it's just making somebody else feel good to be rid of them, that's not good enough. That is not something that's good. Good is based upon what comes after. What What do you think about that, Christiana? Yeah, it definitely determines the result as well as the intent. The result matters as well as the intent as to whether or not something is good. Um, Some people say that the end justifies the means. Absolutely not. The means and the ends must be judged for their own merit. Absolutely. Because some people are doing the right things and they're doing it for the wrong reasons. But you can't say that what they're doing isn't right, but maybe it's not honorable because of the means. Honor is given because the ends and the means are both something to be proud of, something to be lifted up. And it's amazing. You talk about honor in the different ways that people honor others. 
and why people honor each other. And for me, um, I look at our culture as well as the over 140 scriptures in the Bible that talk about honor, more than 140, okay? So this is something that's important to God. And when I look at how people honor each other and how in the Bible God said to honor each other, there are some ways that you show honor. And one of those ways is people humbling themselves. You know, in some cultures people bow or people might not look someone in the eye or something, but they might sort of just sort of lower themselves a little bit just to honor the person that's in front of them, the gravity of the situation. Somebody awesome is standing in front of me. So I'm going to lower myself to show that I know who's in front of me. You know, and that's one way. Some people humbling themselves or bowing or lowering themselves. Now, the Bible has something to say about not bowing yourself to graven images. There's no way that a person created by God should lower themselves to an item created by man. The Bible speaks to that, and that's considered sin. But to honor someone in a way to sort of just say, I see you, and I appreciate you, and I know who you are and what you do. And in that way, you know, people humbling themselves or lowering themselves is one way. Another way is to edify or lift somebody up. Now, this would be similar to like an award ceremony or something like that or an introduction to someone who's coming into the room. This is when you speak of how wonderful that person is, what they've done for their community or for an individual, what they mean to you. That's another way to show honor is to speak those positive things about that person, to really let everyone in the room know how awesome this person is. A third way, absolutely, I wrote it down, was offering gifts. So when you give someone something to say thank you or just to say I love you or I see you and appreciate you, that's another way of honoring someone. And then the final way, which was a little undercurrent for me at first, but as I looked through the different scriptures and different ways that people and cultures honor people, standing with someone is a way of honoring them. Because I know a lot of times in military situations, before they go, they're like, look, if anybody doesn't respect me, if anybody doesn't want to be with me, walk away now. And so the assumption is that the people that stay, the warriors that stay and stand with their leader, they are honoring him by standing there and following his instruction. So another way to honor someone is to stand with them. Um, There have been situations where people in government situations said, you know what, the only reason I'm staying in this office is because I honor the person that's coming in above me. And there are situations where people, new people come into office and then bunches of people say, you know what, I'm retiring, I'm leaving my office and stuff because they don't honor their leadership. And so those are some ways that we honor. And as Rochelle was saying, honor is a way of establishing value, importance, appreciation, or your trust in someone's faithfulness or something's faithfulness to you. As I was looking at the different scriptures on honor and how people received honor and who was being honored, it's like, okay, you're establishing value here. You're establishing worth of an individual or an institution because, you know, we honor institutions as well. We are setting the value of how important this thing is to us and how something, that thing that we're trying to honor has been faithful to us. Because it's not just about how you feel about that person or how you feel about that institution. It's about how that person or that institution has treated you. It is a witness to how they have interacted with you. So it's speaking to their character in your life. 
okay? And so as we look through this, Rochelle did a little bit of this, like who deserves honor? If I were to just go on myself, I would say nobody deserves honor but God because we're all messed up. But here's the thing. Because God honors people, we are also to honor people. And so it's not a matter of who do we honor, it's how do we honor. Because on some level, everyone has been graced that they are to receive some form of honor. And I think this goes sort of against some of the sayings that people have said concerning respect. You know, honor starts with that basic piece of respect. And there are a lot of people, even kids in school, would say, you know what, you got to give respect to get it. That's somewhat accurate as to how people operate, but it's not kingdom. The kingdom says you honor people whether they honor you or not because when you honor them, you're not honoring necessarily who they are anymore if they're not worthy of it. You're honoring the creator that created them. And so when we think about honor sometimes, there's some people you just, you don't want to hold your tongue. You don't want to watch your attitude. You just want to let it fly because they are just some of the most horrible people and they're very unpleasant and they treated you badly or there have been situations that are just disgraceful. But if we choose instead to honor them, not as the person, but as a creation of God, Sometimes some people are worthy of honor in one area, but they're not worthy of honor in another area. There are some executives. They are worthy of honor in their business savvy. But they are terrible family men or women. And so you have to decide, okay, they're terrible people at home, but they're good in business. Or do I honor them? Yes, you honor them for who they are in a positive way. They're successful in business, so you honor them in business. But don't lie and call them a wonderful family man or a family woman. Don't lie. Just honor them for the area for which they are worthy of honor. And what I'm saying in saying that everyone deserves honor is that at the core, no matter what a person has chosen to do or not to do, that person was a creation of God, and that gives them a portion of honor because we honor the creator who created them. And so if there's no other reason that we can show someone honor, or at least the basic of honor, which is respect, we should be able to say, okay, this person, let's not lie, they are a terrible person. I don't know if they're going to make it in. I know they can't stand me. But this person, I'm going to treat them as a creation of God and not as this horrible individual that they're choosing to be. And in that way, you can... Say hello if you see them. You can say excuse me if you bump them. You can say I'm sorry if something happens incorrectly. You can show them that basic honor and value saying that I value you because God created you. I don't value what you've done. There's no value in that. But I value the fact that you were created by the will of God. And in that way you can still show them honor. But scripture also tells us that we are to honor our parents. That's Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother. That is actually the first scripture with promise. DPW deals in the promises of God. The first promise is that if you honor your father and mother, that your days will be long upon the face of the earth. There's a lot of scriptures about how to shorten your days, but there aren't a lot of scriptures on how to lengthen your days. And 
one of those scriptures, the first scripture with promise is Exodus 20, verse 12, which tells us that we need to honor our father and mother, that our days would be long upon the face of the earth. And so definitely, even if your parents have done nothing for you your entire life or done terrible things to you in your life, they're worthy of honor because they're the people who God chose to get you here. And it doesn't mean buying them a house necessarily. It doesn't mean paying all of their medical bills. It does not mean lying on a stand for them to get them out of prison time. It just means that you recognize that they were a creation of God that God used to create you. And you can just say, thank you that I'm alive, because without you, I wouldn't be. That's honoring your parents. And sometimes honoring your parents means you be quiet when you want to say something. Sometimes it means just doing things their way for right now because it's not hurting you to do it. And understanding that you'll be able to do things your way at another time. Honoring the parents is just so valuable because so many parents, even if they aren't the perfect parents, and none of our parents are the perfect parents, they have something of value to leave in this world, some sort of legacy, some sort of wisdom. I tell people all the time, I don't discount older people. I don't discount younger people. I don't discount people from all walks of life because everybody in this world has something to teach and something to learn. And so if we open up our ears a little bit, we'll find the little nuggets of gold in these people's lives and in their experiences that we can take away. And so it's so good to honor parents, even if they're not the most fabulous people on the earth. But quite honestly, for some of us, it's going to take Holy Spirit to do that. We're going to have to have God thinking to be able to do it because nobody's perfect. And some people, they've messed up hugely. But that doesn't negate the honor piece because if for no other reason, we honor them because they were creation of God. It also talks about honoring your elders or the ones with the wrinkly face. The Bible calls it the wrinkly, wrinkled face. But, you know, the older people, we need to understand that, yes, there are old fools in this world. But even old fools have been through a lot of things we haven't been through. And if it just means just sitting there to hear their stories and to learn things that they didn't even know they were teaching in those stories. Or to not say things that would make them feel like their entire lives were a waste. We need to be careful with our elders. Also, it talks about honoring the spouse. You know, husbands honoring the wives, wives honoring the husbands. That's very, very important because that, for a lot of kids, is the first example of a relationship to them. And it teaches them how to treat other people, how to treat their spouses. You know, for sons watching their fathers, it's teaching them how to treat women. For daughters watching their mothers, it's teaching them how to treat men. And so it's very important that we show honor in that relationship as well. And obviously, we want to honor God the one who created us. We cannot afford to forget who our creator is and who's running this. Our lives are not our own. This world is not of our creating. So we have to honor the creator, just like we would honor the president of a company. All right? It also talks about honoring the fellow saints, those that are saved. It says that people would know us by our love one for another. And it says to do good of all people, but especially to those of the faith. So other saints, if there are Christian people disrespecting other Christian people, that's a serious problem. God says to honor the saints. It says that he honors the saints. 
So if God honors somebody, surely we should. All righty. So those are just some of the people that we honor. But the bottom line here is that if you can't find any other reason to honor every single person on this earth, from the smallest child to the oldest adult, we honor the fact that they were created by God on purpose. Rochelle, what do you think about that? I agree. I believe there is no one and nothing that was created by accident and never will be because the creator of all things would not allow it. He can't. His every word is creation, therefore where he speaks is. Uh, It's not by accident. It is deliberate. He doesn't make mistakes. And that's one thing that I believe that not everybody does, but I believe that God's people understand that for God to be God, he can't make mistakes. And he does not make mistakes. Human beings make mistakes. We are creations. He is the creator. And we can't put rules on the one who is over us. We follow his rules because that's humbling ourselves. And when we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. And he says that he honors that. (laughs) There's that word again, honor. Um, he honors, he acknowledges that. He finds that to be of value to him, that we acknowledge him, that we cannot create life without him. We can't keep it going without him, and we cannot determine when a life is taken. He allows or allots the time that we cross over, and no man can do that. If God says no, it cannot be done. Um, we were discussing earlier this week, me and my daughter, the fact that what God says is, well, I always talk about what God says is he is the great I am. And sometimes when I'm writing, I get what I'm, what I'm writing and what I'm dreaming and what I've told people a little mixed up sometimes because I'm so busy But honoring God, the fact that he is the creator of all things, just makes sense because he brought us here and he continues our life here and it's limited. The time that we are on the face of the earth is limited. We have a purpose. We have a time period to do a purpose, to complete a purpose. And when that time period is done, We move on. If we could just change our understanding, if we could just change the definitions of certain words that have been taught to us on the face of this earth that really don't qualify in the kingdom of God. They don't. Doctors have their vocabularies. Dentists have their vocabularies. I should say surgeons. Yes, the different types of jargon that they use. Um, Lawyers have their vocabulary jargon You know, different ones in different positions and different areas of career, they have words that they are familiar with and that they use pertaining to their area of expertise. Well, God has his words and his definitions that he uses in his area of expertise, which is life. And his people know him and will acknowledge that this is true because, In the world, love means one thing, but in God's word, love means something else. In the world, joy 
is one thing, and in the Bible, joy is something else. In the world, faith is one thing. In the Bible, faith is something else. In the world, trust is one thing. In the Bible, trust is something else. And if you check out your Bible, you will find that this is true. Life means one thing to the world. Life means something else in the Bible. So it's an amazing thing how certain things get switched up over time. Even with the time periods, back in the day a word may mean one thing, but now it means something completely different. Okay? Think about the slang that people use. Now that's serious. Um, Hit me up today doesn't mean the same thing as hit me up way back then. You know, hit me up may mean call me on the telephone. Whereas to somebody else, hit me up may mean beat me up, <laughs> okay, from from way back when. And if you happen to not know this, it gets lost in translation. You no longer understand what that person is saying. Have you ever been in a room with a doctor? I'm just saying, you know, just putting it out there. And you heard two or three doctors speaking, and you hadn't a, the foggiest idea what they were saying. Not a single word that they said made any kind of sense to you. That's how the church is when it comes to the world. In a lot of cases, when you start talking Bible, it doesn't seem to make sense to people who are unchurched or who don't understand God, who don't know him for themselves. But when you begin to study When you begin to learn, if you go into that area, if you are interested enough to dig a little bit, it begins to make more sense once you begin to understand the definitions that apply in that particular area. There are certain words that over time have been dropped almost completely. The word honor is one of them. The word class is another. Another one of the words is integrity. Okay, respect. A lot of these words don't mean the same thing now that they meant many, many years ago, let alone hundreds of years ago. Um, Now, even now, in the world, respect means one thing. In the Bible, respect is another. If you respect somebody in the world, they're going to think you approve of what they're doing. If you respect someone concerning the word, it means that you are not disrespecting them. You are not going to treat them badly because of what they're saying or doing. There is a difference, you know. And sometimes we forget that there is a difference, but there will always be a difference between the world and, you know, between the spiritual and the carnal, between the world and the Bible, between God and the spirit of this world. Very, very different. Um, We were discussing integrity before we began to speak with you earlier, and I didn't really get to say very much concerning it. However, integrity for me is when you tell the truth, regardless of the fact that you may or may not suffer for it. 
when you speak the whole truth, regardless of whether or not it's convenient, and you live it, when it's not so comfortable, that is living an integral life. That is speaking with integrity. It's living an integral existence when you are truly honest about what you think, how you feel, what you believe, and what you say and what you do are along the same lines. There is an integrity. Um, Christiana would say congruence. Okay? They come together. They're saying the same thing. Sometimes when we talk, what we say is not lining up with what we do all the time. You know, it's. I read uh, one day on Facebook this one comment that was made pertaining to women and how they speak. And it said that for a woman, yes means no and things like that. And it went down a long list of things like that. And I thought, that's not true for me. Yes means yes. And no means no. And maybe means maybe. But I find that for a lot of people, their yes is not yes, and their no is not no. And the Bible even knew, back in the Bible day, they knew it because it said, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Um, And not to make certain promises, not to swear certain things. Or it says not to swear at all, okay, because you can't turn one hair a color and you can't change certain things that God can. He can swear by whatever he chooses because he's God. He owns everything and he can make it so. But we, on the other hand, cannot. And so we operate humbly, bringing ourselves under the authority or the title of our creator because he has the power and we are his arms and legs. A lot of times we're the ones that he uses to help get things done. He doesn't have to use us, but he chooses to use us. He placed us here so that he could use us. It's an honor. It is an honor and a privilege to be used by an almighty God in the workings of his plan for the world. Christiana, what do you think about this? I absolutely agree. It is an honor to even be looked upon by the creator of everything. And not only does he look on us, he considers our plight. He considers who we are. He created us every single bit on purpose. Our eye color isn't a mistake. Our hair color isn't a mistake. Our blood type isn't a mistake. Our tendencies aren't a mistake. Now, when we come into this world, we enter into sin, so there's some gunk that's on us. But God created us perfectly. And so it's an honor for God to create us on purpose and then have a special job for us individually. You know what? I could do this myself, but I want to include you to show you my glory and to give you something to be proud of. It is a blessing and it is an honor to do the will of the Lord. And it's an honor to be included in his will. You know, when somebody passes away, we talked about the will before. When somebody passes away, it's an honor that somebody thought about you and wanted to leave something for you in the will. 
God thought about each and every one of us, and he left us something, a gifting, a calling, and a position in his will. That's honor right there. And when you think about it, we're not worthy of all that. But he's saying, I'm going to honor you just because I want to and just because I love you. And so when you think of it in that way, it really empowers us to honor other people and to receive the honor that God has given us. I talked earlier about, you know, who deserves honor. and We talked about how every individual in this world should have some type of honor in your life. And that includes yourself. And it's amazing. I was just searching through the scriptures and looking and saying, Lord, you know, how do I better describe this honor situation and where honor comes from? Because honor comes straight from God. If God hadn't given each of us honor, we wouldn't be able to give anyone else honor. You cannot give what you don't first have. You know, you can't give someone an award unless it's first in your hand to give. And so it's amazing how God has given us honor and shown us how to get honor. You know, Proverbs 5, I was just blown away. Well, actually, it's Proverbs 4. Proverbs 5 talks about honoring the marriage. But Proverbs 4, and I'm just going to read some of this. It says, get wisdom and understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. This is father speaking to children about honoring the mother and that sort of thing there. And it says, forsake her not. Now, it describes wisdom as a her. This is talking about wisdom here, okay? It says, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. So the way to receive honor is to first receive wisdom. And where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from God. True wisdom comes from God. The Bible says that man's wisdom is foolishness with God. And then it says if anyone lacks wisdom, to ask God who gives it liberally. So he's saying, ask me for wisdom. Ask me for my will, and I will give it to you, and it will bring you to honor. So even though we don't qualify for honor, God says, look, I'm going to give you a portion of honor because I created you. And then I'm going to show you how to get more honor by receiving my will. I have honor for you. You just have to receive it. And we receive it by the wisdom that comes from God, by embracing the wisdom of the word of God, because the will of God is his word. His word is his will. This is what he wants. He's told us what he wants in his word. And so as we receive this word and we embrace this word, it brings us into a place of honor. And let me read a little bit further, too. You ready? She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Yes, this is Proverbs chapter 4. I started reading at verse 5. I just finished reading verse 10. Isn't it amazing? And I'm going to go even further to verse 11. It says, I have taught thee in the ways of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. 
when thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. In other words, nobody's going to have to straighten you out. And when you run, thou shalt not stumble. You won't trip up on anything. And let me tell you, it is a terrible thing to be running and tripping up because that messes up your rhythm. You have to reset yourself. You have to get yourself back together. How many of us in our lives have tripped up in situations and had to gather ourselves and it feel like we lost time, we lost ground? It says here, if you're embracing this wisdom, it's going to keep you from tripping while you're running. It's a terrible thing to be tripping over your own feet. It's like I can't even walk down the hallway I had a situation once in school where my shoes, they just for some reason would not stay tied. Now, I'm pretty good with eye-hand coordination, but this one day I was just struggling. I think my mind was somewhere else or something. Didn't realize that my shoes weren't properly tied. Went to go down some stairs, tripped, caught myself a little bit. I had to stop to get it together. The very next step, because I didn't correct the situation, I went on a nice little spill down all the stairs and slid across the floor in between class periods. So there were bunches of kids in the hallway. This was in high school. There were kids everywhere, everywhere. And I was just tripping so bad until I just fell flat on my face. In life, if we don't embrace wisdom, we're going to have moments like that where we're tripping over our own feet, it seems like, and no matter how much we try and move forward, we're going to fall on our face. And let me tell you, when I fell, there was one girl, the tallest girl in the entire school. This girl was six foot one, and she was on the basketball team. I was on the basketball team with her, so she knew me. And I thought, okay, nobody saw me. I'm going to just get up and keep it moving, right? Nope. Out of nowhere, out of a sea of kids, she comes bursting through, points down at me and goes, I saw you! And she starts screaming, laughing so loud. So now this six foot one bulky basketball player girl is pointing down at me and screaming laughing about it I could have gotten away with it if I just gotten up and kept going but that just turned the whole thing into a spectacle let me tell you about the opposite of honor let's talk about shame and embarrassment (laughs) I felt some shame and embarrassment right there but I didn't even have time to revel in that shame and embarrassment because I was also about to be late to class let me tell you tie up your shoes And what I mean by that is gather that wisdom and understanding. Embrace wisdom and understanding. Take the time to read the will of God, to read the word of God, to make sure that you have it together and then to operate within that. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself tripping over your feet. You're going to fall flat on your face. And then you're going to have the exact opposite of honor, which is shame and embarrassment. Rochelle, what do you think? Okay, I can tell you lots of stories about shame and embarrassment. <laughs> when you when you're trying to do some of the things that I've tried to do, you in, you deal with a lot of shame and embarrassment. Anytime you are dealing with large groups of people, you are going to experience shame and embarrassment at some point in time, even if it's nothing but an uncontrollable bodily function. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, you want to be as prepared as possible for no matter what happens. Thank. God, that when he calls us to do things, he packs us up and gives us what we need, you know, and says, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, he provides us with the provisions for the purposes that he gives us and the wisdom to move and act when he tells us and to acknowledge his words and to operate in a way that is honorable and congruent with his character. You know, um, 
in line, go in the same direction, Christiana would say, <laughs> which is a good definition. Congruent, it is the definition. Um, when we are moving in the same direction, you know, there is nothing so messy as a person trying to walk when their feet, their hands, their body, and their head don't always go in the same direction. There are people who have that problem. And usually they need lots of help because they can't walk a straight line without someone helping them get there. Okay? Well, thank you, Lord. We have our Heavenly Father. We have Jesus, the King of Kings. You know, we have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We have our Savior and our ho- and the Holy Spirit to help lead and guide us into all truths, okay, so that we can stand in honor without embarrassment and without shame. When we do what's right, when we operate in faith, and when we are doing what God told us to do, the Bible says that we won't be ashamed, that God will not lead us into situations where we are ashamed. Because we'll know that we're in his will. We are in what he wants us to do. We are going the direction that he has pointed us in, and we are not alone. We are with the great I am who is opening and shutting doors, and he alone determines what can and cannot happen. And everything that occurs, good or bad, he controls. Okay, now, this is what I want to say, and, and I, I wanted to make sure that I said this before we finish this program today. If we can get over the term death as meaning something bad and understand that it is the end of a time period in our life, it is just one part of our existence. Because we are the children of God, it is just one part of our existence. And being the children of God does not make us his equal. It does not make us better than him. It means that we inherit a lot of character, a lot of things that are like him, a lot of ways that we look and act are like him. We can walk in certain areas and we can actually tap into his power in prayer and in meditation, and in studying his word. And when we do what he wants us to do, we're not alone, okay? Think about this. If we walk in honor, if we walk in the will of God, if we have his favor, you know, way back when favor was actually a gift that was given, You know, in the medieval times, if a woman gave a man a favor, it was usually a handkerchief or a piece of jewelry or a medal. It was something, a a hair comb. It was something that meant something to her, a favor. Well, today we can walk in the favor of God, okay? When you do what he has asked you to do, what he has told you to do, when you trust that what he says is true and you choose to do it because you trust him, you want to know what trust really is? Anybody can say they trust God. 
But when times get hard and the Bible says to turn the other cheek, will you turn the other cheek? When the Bible says to walk away and you feel like that thing should be yours, will you turn and walk away? When God says, this person has been here long enough, can we say, okay, Lord, and let go? When he says they suffered long enough, can we say, okay, Lord, we trust you, and let go? You know, we spend a lot of time mourning on the face of this earth, not getting our way. And I'm going to say it like it is. That's exactly what it is. Mourning is caused when our expectations are disappointed, when we don't get our way, when things don't go the way that we have decided that they should go. But God determines how things should go, not us. We can try We can set plans, the best laid plans, huh? But God determines the outcome. You know, if the Lord will, we will do this. If the Lord allows, we will go here. You know, if the Lord blesses, I will be able to. These are acknowledgments that we don't have the say over the end of what occurs. If we humble ourselves under our creator, if we acknowledge that he is the leader and we are the followers, that he has the power, and any power that we have, we inherit it in bits and pieces from him. Therefore, he is greater than what he has created. Then is the beginning of wisdom. And as we honor him, he has chosen to acknowledge us as his children. And he bestows upon us his favor and honors us as well. Now that is a relationship. That is true relationship. And when a person from now on says, I would like to give honor to whom honor is due, they're saying this person has done the job. This person has done the work. This person has proved themselves or this thing has proved itself. This is the way it was intended to go and this is the way it worked out. It may not or may be the way that it was expected. It's like in science when you make a plan and you set up things, you set up and arrange the different beakers and things and the different chemicals. You have a plan. You have your little book laid out and you have a plan and you have an expectation. Everything doesn't always work out exactly the way that you planned it, exactly the way you thought it would. Sometimes you have to tweak it here, tweak it there, change a few things, and you might even have to change the outcome. Because there might be something else of value there that you didn't expect that's even greater than what you started out to do or started out to get. Our lives are like that. We are treasure to God. We have his purpose embedded in us, in our hearts. And he honors his word, his purpose. 
his creation in us. Wouldn't it be awesome if we honored him back by honoring those that he created around us and the fact that he gave us the freedom to choose good and evil, the freedom to become his sons and daughters, the freedom to acknowledge right from wrong, the freedom to experience good and evil, the freedom to discern right from wrong, good and evil, the freedom to understand or not understand what's placed before us because we acknowledge that we are on a journey and honor the fact that we are in the process of learning forever until we leave the face of this earth. We will be learning, even in heaven. When you think about the stories, when you think about the sayings, when you think about what people say about heaven, they talk about sitting down and listening to Jesus, listening to the Father, talking with them, It's to learn. Isn't that amazing that God made us to be able to learn? And we can never be what he did not intend for us to be. We can pretend, but we can never change what he meant to be. That is acknowledgement of his power and his title, his position, his leadership, and his authority, God's authority as the father of all that exists. Every other creator, every other inventor created things out of things that exist. But God creates things with the breath that he breathes, with the thought, with his will, out of nothing that can be seen. It is an honor to be a creation of the creator who chose to make us in his image and bestow upon us the power to become sons and God of God, daughters of God, and future citizens of the kingdom of God and heaven. Christiana, would you close us out, please? All right. Such a wonderful discussion today on faith and honor. I just want to pray with all of us today. Lord God, we thank you for bestowing your honor upon us, even when we didn't deserve it. And Lord, you gave us the greatest honor as we think about this resurrection, this Easter season, God. You honored us so much that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth and die on the cross for our sins and then rise again to give us power to become your children, oh God, to become princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you 
for bestowing that honor upon us that we couldn't deserve on our own. Now, Lord, we give you honor, and we give you glory, and we give you praise for who you are, the creator of all things, the bestower of all honor and all wisdom, O oh God, the one who does all things well. And now, Lord, we ask that as you have given us honor, that we would walk in that same power to honor others in the way that would be pleasing in your sight, O oh God, and that we would walk in a way that was worthy of the honor of others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we hope you enjoyed this discussion of honor. If you want to get in contact with us, you can always go to our website. It's www.dpwdisciples.webs.com. All right, dpwdisciples.webs.com. That's our website. You can find our women's club on Facebook, DPW Daughter of Promise Women's Club. And you can also email us at DPW Disciples of Promise LLC at gmail.com. All right. We love you all. Thank you for listening in on our little chat time. This was DPW Talks. The D stands for discipline, the P stands for purpose, and the W stands for wisdom. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.